0: You don't want to drop your mic or anything first? Uh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, you asked that right as I hit record, so I'll probably just leave that in as, as part of the intro <laughs> because I feel like the last few episodes had cold opens with me dropping my mic, so whatever, <laughs> why not this one? Welcome back to the Kaiju Transmissions podcast, dear listeners. I am Kyle Bird, and I I'm, have. I'm, hi, am I apparently? <laughs> yes, that was as awkward as ever. Um, and yeah, uh, <laughs> we've uh, we've got uh, some of our our usual buddies here um, hanging out with us today. Um, I think you've heard both of them uh, by now. We have uh, Kevin of Mazer Patrol once again. Well, uh, hello. And uh, it's nice to have you back, especially uh, this movie involves Daimajin, and you wrote a nifty little essay in that Arrow box set. And also, of course, with us is our uh, good buddy Tom of the Final Forum Dragon Ball podcast.
0: Hello you're 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 uh setting yourself up for failure, calling this a movie. oh god because... yeah
1: well we'll yeah we'll <laughs> we'll have to get into that uh later but yes there's there's definitely some discussion to be had around that um i don't know <laughs> like always there's uh, nothing can be without some kind of weird controversy around here um but first some general housekeeping. Um, this was originally intended to be one of our Halloween episodes, um, along with another movie that is probably going to be the thing we record about next, and, um, but there was a series of setbacks, uh, in the month of October that kept that from happening. Um, uh, mostly, but not all, was usually Matt contracting some kind of <laughs> virus
2: we had the plague in my house for like legitimately three weeks we were just talking about this before the uh before we pressed record but like my son got sick and then sarah picked it up and then i got it i had a fever for like five days doctors and like i tested negative for covid three times but i'm back family's okay everybody's good baby's good and uh it took forever but this this should be a fun episode. So.
1: It should be, and
2: uh, I, I, I mean, had it's... COVID
0: too. Which, like, if you listen to oh, both yeah, of you... our shows, <laughs> if, you, if you listen to Final Forum and uh, and and Kaiju Transmissions, you'll be able to track like my progress through COVID. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I had like a mildly sore voice on my show's first first October episode, and then like the. Godzilla, uh, Return of Godzilla commentary we did, my, my voice was pretty trashed.
1: I actually think the last time, I think it was, I think this might have been after, I can't remember if this was after we did the Final Forum uh, 84 commentary or not, but there was the one night that we recorded the two episodes with Trev, the Psycho Gorman and Deep Rising yeah. ones, and Matt was like deathly ill that night. Which is, like, why he, would like, barely said anything on those is because he was, like, he had something else.
2: Yeah, I don't, this whole, like, so I, I took a new job, like, two months ago. Well, I got, I moved into a new role within the same company, but, like, everybody's going you. back into office, apparently. <laughs> like, well, we've had people, like, sick, the, uh, I managed one other person, and, like, she had COVID a couple weeks. Like, it's just, it's just, you know insanity going around it's like it took
1: down your immune system
2: (laughs) probably but i feel good now so i feel like i need a vitamin c shot just talking to you probably there's probably like (laughs) we're, we're inventing some new form of covid that can be passed like over the internet somehow like that's what's happening
1: but well it's good to be back um i've been looking forward to doing more episodes so here we are um uh, now I, I guess I guess we'll start with uh, some some general uh, kaiju um, housekeeping um, and updates. We had uh, Godzilla Day last Wednesday, Wednesday before this one, a couple days ago, and um, there was all sorts of stuff going on, and of course, there's all sorts of uh, just shenanigans as well. Um, <laughs> First, yes, finally, after at least nine months (laughs) of uh, being a fairly poorly kept secret, um, Toho officially announced Takashi Yamazaki making next year's Japanese Godzilla film. Um, No official title uh, or cast um, was announced with it, which is kind of... Bizarre, um, but I I, I My do fingers know that are crossed
0: so hard for Godzilla.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> I do know that um, there are there was like a list of actors that I think were on like the casting sheet or whatever from you know last spring or whatever. Um, anyway, if you've been following us and listening to each episode, you know you'll know that this is something that I don't know. We kind of talked about like when. I guess there were initial rumblings, um, but you know, like I said back then, uh, Toho trying to do a casting call for extras on their Godzilla app, um, and you know, we said it's it's definitely a Godzilla movie, right? And then everyone was like, "Well, <laughs> it could be a a Rodan movie." It's like, no, <laughs> come on. So I don't know. I don't. Varan, I mean, I'm, it's a Varan movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, unless you didn't know already that he was making a unnamed kaiju movie for Toho, um, it, it's not really a, it, a surprise. I feel like we all knew this was coming. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And as Kevin yeah, likes the, to point out, not they, announcing
3: the title or the, the the cast. I mean, that's basically the same thing that happened in 2014. Yeah. Uh, you know, when it was untitled Godzilla movie and then Godzilla resurgence, and then eventually Shin Godzilla or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that honestly, when that was first announced, uh, they didn't have a director, uh, as, as part of that announcement, but they said, we're going to make movies that, uh, compete with Hollywood that won't bow down to Hollywood. You know, high quality films like parasite, which if you recall, was directed by Takashi Yamazaki. So, uh, They've been holding this carrot in front of him for quite a while.
1: Well, yeah, and also they 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 let him do the Godzilla cameo in Always Two, which we've been hearing about nonstop since it happened. Um, he did he did uh, a couple of the Godzilla rides and stuff. Um, he's I mean the, he he uh, they gave him a, a visual effects gig on Shin Godzilla. I mean they've been like teasing this fool for the last like twenty years, <laughs> like just. Let them let do it already. Um and yeah, I, I we don't know much about the plot other than it's supposed to take place uh fairly soon after World War Two. So likely a um probably a late forties setting. Um but I don't know. I mean I'm I'm hesitant to predict what it'll be like since we just don't know much, but
3: I mean I think always uh that that franchise is Worth everybody watching to kind of get a, a sense for it because it's again a uh, similar time frame and uh, has that level of, of visual effects that we can expect from Yamazaki. It will not be a man in a suit. Let nope. me just say that for everybody that's
1: saying that. <laughs> I mean, it's time to just put that dream to rest. Sadly, but it's time. Um, well, I, no, I'm just. <clears throat> Well, at least I mean he more his, depressed
2: his than I was.
0: More depressed than I was a minute ago when the only depressing thing was that Kevin Conroy died.
1: Oh well, I mean, you. I mean, you knew we weren't getting this man in suit Godzilla movie. You knew, um, man. This is RIP like killing, killing Batman.
2: off Batman, talking about man in suit dying.
1: Well. Uh, I
2: was just trying to tell you guys the Parasite <laughs> movies are awesome. So that we gives know. me hope that the movie yeah, I mean we know. Good.
1: I think we've all seen them, right?
2: Yeah. yeah. I've seen the Anime too. The anime is great too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to get to Parasite one day. Uh maybe next uh Halloween that would be a good one. Um, I might uh
3: I might do some sort of big uh big Yamazaki retrospective
1: so uh, Okay. Uh I'll, I want to talk to you I'm about getting, that. Um, off air. Sure. <laughs> um, you may or may not know where my, my head is at with that. Um, so, uh, but I, well, guys, let's just slow down. Man in suit isn't necessarily dead for Godzilla. <sighs> uh, and I say that because, uh, the next thing that I want to talk about is the short film, uh, that had a, uh, a brand new Gigan suit built by Shinichi Wakasa and uh, done with miniatures and um, that Final War's Godzilla suit, um, similar to the Hedera short from last year. Uh, that uh, was live-streamed by Toho, and then they didn't put it out on YouTube, and then um, they uh, pulled it, when it was on youtube upload uh we have to we have to give a shout out to Rick DeSquirrel. um <laughs> because this 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 uh this man uh he toe still had they had the header short up for what a week or two weeks and they pulled it down for reasons yep. that just who knows I, <laughs> um and I think so he, that they could so that
0: they could uh, s- play it in front of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla, but not advertised <laughs> that they were going to do that.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so our Rick De Squirrel he watched the live stream, ripped the live action short, and put it on his YouTube where it was able to live for a couple days before Toho pulled it down. However, he does have it up in other spots on the internet, I mean, I'll just say it's. I'm pretty sure it's still on Reddit, and I'm pretty sure it's on Internet Archive. I only say that because uh, Toho, I don't think they know what those things are because they have uh, (laughs) next to no understanding of social media. Um, So uh, yes, uh, and and he had the foresight that whatever Toho were probably going to do with this, which is probably nothing. Like you know, he was going to stick up for prosperity, and uh, he saw that. This foolishness was coming, and he was like, "I'm, I'm going to give to the people." So, thank you, Rick the Squirrel. We um, see you. How do,
2: how do you guys feel that Toho tried to charge us to make the the Gaian suit, <laughs> and then they put it up for, in the internet, and then they won't let us see it now? Like they they charge people to do this.
1: Well, from what I understand, it. it wasn't, like, an all-or-nothing crowdfunding thing. So it was, like, the money—I The I mean, most of the fans didn't fall for it. But there were some that did. <laughs> um, and they were able to, like, keep the 60 bucks or whatever <laughs> that they probably <laughs> made from uh, scamming those poor fools. Uh, and then they paid for the rest of the suit because they remembered they were rich. Um, so, yeah, I'm—like, I'm, I find that upsetting— I, and then I also find it upsetting that something that they ask for people to pay for, they are making it as hard as possible <laughs> to watch. I understand this is obviously their property. They can make whatever dumb decisions they want, but I don't understand it. Uh, I I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it either, and
2: is not something that you can sell solo um like
3: it's cuz there's no story to it yeah
1: well yeah so now that we've called out toho and um given props to rick the squirrel um yeah i mean how do you guys how do you guys feel about the the short itself i guess <laughs> <laughs> that's a good <laughs> thing <for our> review <laughs>
0: Uh, there's no story to it. It does like I, I probably have more thoughts than the thing is worth having uh, <laughs> committed to them, and so I don't want to give it enough time in my life and time of talking about. But it, I could get more nuanced with it, but I really don't feel like it. It is a glorified demo reel. It'd be awesome if it was something that like anyone who's ever been on this podcast had made, like if Jared, our buddy Jared had made this, I'd be like, that is incredible. But being that it comes from a, a multi-million dollar studio and that it's essentially a demo reel with no story whatsoever, it's it's like frankly kind of pathetic when you put it in that context. It's <laughs> cool. I I enjoyed watching it but without having even a slim story to it it really is nothing i ever need to watch again because i can just look at like the 32nd clips that probably are still on youtube from when they teased it and be like oh yeah that was a thing that existed
3: my my thoughts were that you know oh this is reminiscent of the better you know effect scenes in Godzilla versus Gigant but you have to remember Godzilla versus Gigant is not like the high bar for
2: for special effects.
1: To begin with. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, it, it's a it's a fun distraction, but it also just like reminds me that this is the only type of suitmation that we're getting now, and that makes me sad.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, you'll see it on the like it, it's on the TV side of the genre, but it's you know, I mean, that's still just it's not the same as you know, it's not a big yeah. movie, you know. Um, I
2: mean. I, <laughs> Like, the, the short itself is fun, but again, like, I, I don't know, everything Contextualize it,
0: like, it. It's really cool, but it comes from a multi-million dollar studio.
2: Who didn't want to pay yes. for it. For, yeah. Who for didn't want to pay for it, and then, yeah, I just... And doesn't want you to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. There's yeah, so, there's, yeah
1: yeah i mean yeah. i i like I'm with you- like if I was like a kid like a little kid, you know it would probably be the kind of thing that I would you know watch several times a day, but um, as an adult, it's just a kind of like, oh, it's cool that someone i guess they 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 did something with suits and miniatures after all, the guygon suit looks cool, uh you know, he has his laser beam, which is cool, but um it's more cinematic feeling I think than the Hetera short but um but yeah, yeah I don't know definitely. it would it would be nice to get a little bit more uh from these which I don't know I mean I don't know maybe some people think we're sounding petty about it whatever I don't necessarily care don't but <laughs> I, I think um, at the, this every year
3: you could have an evolution between them or some sort of connective thread
1: yeah or, or like in 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 the last i would say probably between Final wars and now, we have seen a lot of independent filmmakers that have made kaiju shorts um that are about this long or maybe a few minutes more that do have like. Uh, more to them like um uh Nakagawa who directed this and the Hetera short he like his Day of the Kaiju I think that's something like twenty minutes or so and that's excellent um uh you know um uh Shinji Higuchi and uh Hideki Ano they did the, the Giant God Warrior thing which also like it doesn't have much of a story but it does have like a connection a, a, a kind of a human element to it um because it's basically showing you the apocalypse um so yeah Yeah, it'd be cool but it would have required foresight
0: and forethought and planning and not from toho um (laughs) it would have been really cool if you had like if if they were approaching this like a like a once yearly installment in a TV show or like, let's make a movie 10 minutes at a time or 12 minutes at a time over the course of several years. And you give us like the, the header short, but with a slightly overarching story to mm-hmm. it. And then you give us this with more of that story and you give us, like, an anthology-slash-episodic-and-yet-with-an-overarching-story kind of piece to it? Um, like a, like an old-timey serial.
1: Yeah, yeah you, you can get more creative with it than just, here's the monsters fighting, I guess, is what we're trying yeah. to say.
0: But that would require effort, and only the four of us and, like, five other people <laughs> will recognize... <laughs> that there could be a little more effort expended and everyone else is just like that was really cool
1: even um something like um if you guys remember um in like the 2000s the, the mid 2000s uh Masaki Tezuka directed a um like a godman short for like yep. the the DVD set and um like they made like uh new suits of a bunch of the Godman monsters, including like a new green gargantua suit. Even that had like I mean it's Godman, so it's not like, you know, the most intricate plot, but even that had like human characters and, and like a story in it. So like something like that would be kinda neat. Um But I don't know. I, I <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, it would be it would be nice to have, I guess, more. The these are more. To, I feel like my feelings about these are similar to like um, when Kawakita came back and directed all those um, uh, live action segments for the the Godzilla Pachinko, Pachinko game. And it's yeah, like, yeah, dude. it's cool, but like this is like those, but not in a not like video game segment. It doesn't have the years,
0: excuse but. that it's just for a dumb <laughs> video game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean these are more cinematic obviously, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean
0: There's going to be another pachinko game now, isn't there?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Um next year they're sh- all they're already starting to uh you know, talk about uh the Doing a big Megalon and Jet Jaguar merchandising opportunities. I mean anniversaries um, <laughs> for next year. So I'm, I'm assuming we'll probably get another another short. Um, it'd be added. So I don't know. maybe maybe there'll be something to it. Who knows? Um. Anyway, on top of that, um, we also had. Uh, this is an interesting one. So we had another short about Gaiga, and this one is. Uh, up on Toho's YouTube. Um, this is uh, Godzilla vs. Gigan Rex which is instru- interesting because it's actually, so this is a Toho created animated short that's a sequel to a fan film which was G versus G um, which was part of their gemstone contest. Um, and the director of this um, in, be- in between um, his Godzilla design was used for the Snow Godzilla and the Kevin, help me. Shinkalion. There you go. Uh, The anime movie, and um, he also did like a little uh, Gamera versus Godzilla short, which you know, if you ever want to see Gamera and Godzilla fight, that's probably the you know the best you're going to get. And G versus G was a very weird kind of thing where Godzilla fought like a swarm of. even more chicken, bird-like Gigan's, and I guess this is the sequel, which uh, um, starts with a recreation of uh, Junior's resurrection from Destroya, and then Nagumi um, Odaka, has a, as the narrator, says like it's been X amount of years since the last great battle, whatever. So it's implied that this is Godzilla Junior, grown-up and he fights a whole bunch of Gigans, uh, including the big, I guess, final boss, Gigan Rex, who is red. And um, the little Gigans, like, uh, they like their buzzsaws shoot out of them. And it's, it's, it's kind of wild, but. It really is, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, how do we feel about Gigan Rex?
0: And they recreate a bunch of shots from Dragon Ball Super.
1: <laughs> yes,
2: um, not untrue. Not untrue.
3: <coughs> I, I, I still feel like I need to like dive deep into those because you know, like Dragon Ball having the beam battles is inspired by Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla to begin with. So you know, there's there's similarities, and then there's you know direct ripoffs and. I I haven't seen enough to be like smoking gun of oh this is this is definitely Dragon Ball Super.
0: (laughs) I'm I'm not even saying that it is. It's just the one shot was really really uncanny of how close it was to uh, fuse fuse Damasu yeah yeah. Yeah. But
3: you know that said I definitely feel like uh, there's there's some. Evangelion-adjacent
2: stuff going on yeah. with
3: the Gigan Rex design. Agree.
2: Yeah, I agree. I actually really like this, and uh, I watched it with Landon, and we, he actually asked to watch it a couple different times, so I thought it was fairly creative. It was really fun. Um, I had I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed the the other Gigan short. So, I would watch like additional versions of this. I thought it was pretty neat.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think this guy has an eye for, I mean, if you're going to do CG monster stuff, I think he has an eye for, um, I guess, interesting ideas. I think if I have two issues with it, it's it, it does suffer from... Uh, Pacific Rim uprising syndrome a little bit <laughs> yeah, where no, everything just, yeah <laughs> everything feels a little too lightweight um, yeah and then I I thought the use of uh, Fukube's um, Requiem from Godzilla versus Destroyer was just very misplaced in the the, in the music choices mm-hmm. felt weird because they were like mashing up like they
2: had a uh, Return of Godzilla in there too which is kind of I I agree with you on that bird. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, this was fine. Again, I approach it very similarly to the other one. I was like, yeah, this was okay, but what's the story you're trying to tell <laughs> here? You know, I mean, I think it's kind of neat. I think, um, the one thing I'll say, you know, is as wonky as the physics can be, if you're gonna do CGI Godzilla, which, I mean, that's all we're gonna get now. Do something with it that you can't do with a man in a suit, you know? And that's, I'll give like Godzilla versus Kong some credit for that too. Like you couldn't do Godzilla fighting Kong on an aircraft carrier really probably in, in a man in suit. You, you maybe could, but like do something with the characters, with the motion That you wouldn't be able to do in a suit, and so like when all the buzzsaws come exploding out of Gaigon's stomachs, um, or you have a swarm of fifty of them, uh, stuff like that. Like that's that's at least something that you're taking advantage of the medium that you're using. Um, And I'll say that too. Going back to the uh, the tokusatsu short, there's some really neat tokusatsu shots in it particularly like when they were painting through the buildings and the little office chairs and things in there were were bouncing up and down i'm like yeah do something to showcase the style you're using and i'll give both of these credit for that but then at the end of the day you got no story and so i watch him for a few seconds and then i'm just done with them
1: you know what i i i've been saying um like, when they did that gemstone contest and stuff, like, why not, like, choose, like, the, the ten best entries and, like, have each of those guys do, like, a short film and, like, do it, like, as a streaming, like, anthology, like a like a Love, Death, and Robots kind of thing. Like, I don't know, it seems like they do some of these things without, like, really any, yeah like, point <laughs> to it.
3: I'm I'm glad with what we have got because you know I I really like a uh, uh, Godzilla and you know yeah well, we,
1: we, we get cool. Bagon now
3: yeah yeah that was
1: another thing that was confusing people on Godzilla Day <laughs> yeah because going to be
2: in the new movie yeah they had
1: they had the ba- bag on puppet which the puppets for that show are like they're huge big, they're, yeah they're like person sized. So that yeah, they Toho had the puppet out on Godzilla Day, and and you know that was at the same time that they had their announcement, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, Bagon's finally in the new movie!" And it's like, "No, you're just not paying attention."
0: Zach Bagon. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but, yeah, I think the the main difference um, for me between the the shorts is. One is a very slavish recreation of the type of thing that we've seen before, and one is trying to do something new in a style that we haven't seen done before, at least with Godzilla. Yeah. So I kind of lean more towards the other, but depending on your proclivities, some people you know have that nostalgia and they might want to get the uh, the the you know recreation of uh, old school Toksatsu effects and so on and so forth. So. I think both of them have their merits.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then we had the Godzilla X Mecha Godzilla screening from Fathom Events, um, which inexplicably started with the Godzilla vs. Hedera short. And then they did a making of the Godzilla vs. Hedera short. And then they showed uh, the movie, which was uh, a rip of the Sony Blu ray. <laughs> and, um, and 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 that was all put in like a digital file for the theaters to play. Whereas most Fathom events are HD live streams, um, like satellite streams. Um, and so some theaters, for whatever reason, I'm assuming maybe it's an equipment issue where they maybe they maybe didn't realize it was going to be a live stream. But Kevin's theater, um, their showing was a half hour late. Like I said, maybe because I don't know. Equipment issue is my assumption. And then I, uh, if if you, <laughs> at least within our friend group, it's like if you didn't go to one that had some kind of problem making it start a half hour late, you were like me, and you had one that, uh, for whatever reason, the theater's equipment playback was having issues, so it was like, the whole movie had this like weird almost like stuttering effect. It's almost like it was like, each second was missing a few frames, so, like, that went through the whole movie, so it was like, okay, this isn't, like, the best presentation. It's cool seeing it on a big screen with, like, cool sound, but, like, this Blu-ray rip doesn't look great, blown up to... No. <laughs> to it, gi- giant screen proportions. Yeah, there is, like,
2: pixelation. On our, and, and me, I took Landon. He wanted to go, so I was like, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll go. And, uh... Yeah. The the theater was actually pretty full, but there was definitely like pixelation which made the movie look worse than what it should have.
1: Um yeah, my theater was like half full and it was all like crusty old men like me.
2: Yeah, Landon was was one of two kids and the rest were like 30 plus.
1: Like everyone's like, "Oh, Godzilla so big with kids right now and like, like I get no, that this... maybe I get maybe that they they might like the Monsterverse movies or like, you know, they might like getting the toys but i if i don't know
0: <laughs> i'm like is, I'm, no I, I didn't possible. get to go see it cuz i had a death in the family but um i am disappointed but not surprised to hear it was like just a screen of the sony blu-ray you know whatever cuz didn't we hear recently that Janice got the um The rights to the Heisei era stuff?
1: Uh, they may or may not have a good handful of them, and they may or may not be waiting for the rest of the Heisei film's, uh, rights to expire Hmm. from Sony.
0: So yeah, that was, I was, I thought this was gonna be like a, a Janus type of thing, um, no,
1: I I don't think Sony has... Because I've seen a couple of theirs. Well, I, I don't think... I, I, think the, I think the rights to most of the Sony titles, except for a few of them, have reverted back to Toho.
3: Well, then there's the question of, is Janice going to get better prints than...
0: No. ...we
3: already had. So <laughs> I've
0: seen a couple... <laughs> I've seen a couple of what Janice has of... Let's see, what have I seen... There they have do they have eighty four? I've seen. It, yeah, that. they have eighty four. I thought it looked great. They have Biolante um, also. I've seen well oh, but I've seen a few like I've seen
3: their um, I think they have fifty four, I think they have So so fifty four sh- was a different deal because that was that was restored by Criterion.
0: Well yeah. 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 Uh I think they have I think well Janice has like um theatrical rights to the entire Showa era. So, um, I think I saw their destroy all monsters, I think. And I thought that looked great. So like, again, I would think it would be better
1: than a crappy Blu-ray stream. Um, and before that, we also got a message from, uh, uh, um, the uh the guy that um runs Godzilla now at toho um Godzilla officer yeah he's he's basically like the new um Keiji Ota is his name but he he's basically yeah. like the new Tamiyama or Tanaka and uh it was a very awkward like introduction video that it, it, he was in a hallway that like it's it had to have been in the middle of like a work area cuz there was like a bunch of background noise and he looked like someone behind the camera was holding a gun to his head <laughs> but he looked like he didn't want to be be there uh but he thanked us for coming out and he's like enjoy the movie okay bye um that was kind of a bizarre thing he said something like thanks for celebrating Godzilla's birthday then they show a movie where I- Godzilla loses on his birthday <laughs> disrespectful disrespectful <laughs> <laughs> I I saw I like
0: either stills of that or something um that someone posted on social media and it definitely reminded me of like uh, at my company we do like company-wide like safety commitment days and they're not they're not actually company-wide it's like a safety commitment day that we do at each satellite office we have so they're like oh now we're going to show this special you know video of encouragement from my boss's boss's boss and it's like you know the VP of North America sales who is like hello your company because we're a wholly owned subsidiary of the company I work for you know hello I I know that you do things very safely and you must be safe with the things that you are doing safely (laughs) like
1: yeah, someone walked that.
0: into that dude's office with like a handheld video camera and was like, yo, record this message for Godzilla <laughs> Day.
1: Um uh, I don't know. I mean I, if they do another one next year, I mean I'll probably check it out. But I, I hope I don't know, we get a better print and maybe uh whatever playback issues we were having and maybe Kevin can get it started on time. <laughs> Um. Uh, I I mean I don't know I like that I, that, I do that, that movie though is it, it really is it might be the only Godzilla movie that's like this every single time I watch it I like it more than the time I watched it before cause you're watching it just often enough
0: is the other thing <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but yeah I remember when it came out when I you know when I was in you know like graduate it kept, probably came out here when i saw it like around the time i was getting out of high school and i was like eh you know and then now every time i watch it i like it a little bit more and i think it's because i i get you know more invested in the story um and you uh,
0: identify more and more and more with sugar daddy scientist
1: <laughs> I feel
3: like when it came out, I kind of took it for granted because we were getting the annual grind of of Godzilla movies. Yeah. And especially at that point when they're like, okay, we're doing Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Yeah,
1: after another Mothra and Ghidorah thing, it's like, okay, you know. And and also, when that came out, um, it still really wasn't that... Long between that and the '90s Mecha Godzilla, I mean, it, under exactly. ten years, and it was like okay, another military built Godz- Mecha Godzilla, and then the the rest of the human plot was very similar to what we saw two years before that with Mega and it's like everything kind of had a very like I've seen this before thing to it when it came out, and now now that there's been so much distance between all this stuff, um, it's a lot easier to not have those kind of reactions to it and um, you know i think i think Megagurus is like a test run for this movie um, and i and it's like like I, every time i watch it it climbs up my my you know my ranking of godzilla movies um, and it's it's back when these movies uh, not only had some like some kind of social conscious to them but also characters driving the story um, and uh, you know that's becoming more rare um, I'm not sure if you guys wanna talk about the upcoming Godzilla and Kong, but
2: you know, what a terrible title they gotta they gotta do something about that, right? can can't, can't be the only thing to... who knows
1: i I've heard it's just like a thing they made for like the crew jackets, but I've also heard. The title is going to be Godzilla and Kong Origins. I've heard, I don't know, I've heard all... <laughs> well, yeah, that would be terrible, especially because, from what I understand, it's not supposed to be an origin story, so...
3: Rise of Godzilla and Kong?
1: Rise of Godzilla, <laughs> Resurrection of Kong, or something. <laughs> Rise of the Resurrection of the Return of Kong. All right, so uh that's godzilla day people oh and i i guess um we can mention uh uh chris from toho kingdom and O'Shea jackson junior um are trying to get an animated 2d animated monsterverse series uh uh off the ground and they're trying to pitch it to legendary i i mean look I, I I think O'Shea Jackson Jr. being part of this franchise is one of the better things to come out of King of the Monsters. Um, his whole press tour for that was delightful. Um, I, and And I feel like he's one of the people that genuinely cares and kind of got the shaft in that movie. So I'm rooting for him. But I just don't feel like this is how a lot of successful projects that come to fruition originate (laughs)
3: yeah don't if you have these concepts don't throw them all out on the internet before you've pitched them like wait wait until after you've been rejected by everybody and then be like okay well i guess this isn't going any further here you can see concept art from this lost project but don't like try to do grassroots hype because that's just gonna come back to bite you
1: yeah, good luck, though, guys. I mean it. Um, so that's Godzilla Day, people. God, why was there so much crap to talk about?
2: <laughs> <sighs> it was a beautiful day. But by, by by merchandise. Yeah, I'll we didn't that. even. Yeah, Piled we're up. not even gonna.
1: Yeah, the, <laughs> we're not. We'll, all the yeah, we'll be all. We'll be here all day if we talk about all the <laughs> all the merchandise. <laughs> I ordered my Rex. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um all right so let's get into our uh our main event in a belated Halloween special and talk about Great Yokai War Guardians which was uh 2021 um Katakawa's revival of their yokai monsters series with a special guest star um special guest star Daimajin um yeah, I mean, uh, this is one that, uh, it's a Takashi Mike film, um, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, once this got, uh, into the fan sub circuit, I just said, screw it, let's just do it, because it's been, you know, stuff gets picked up rather quick these days, and from what, well, from what me and Kevin were told, actually, a company we're familiar with was pretty close to getting this and just it didn't happen um i'm wondering if it came too close to the arrow deal and then they were like well maybe arrow will give us more like if we raise our asking price maybe like arrow will be able to give us that much for this instead and you know arrow seems kind of done with this stuff at this point but um Anyway, once it hit the fan sub circuit, um, and it and it's been you know well over a year. I was just like, you know what, let's just do it because at this point, who knows when this thing's gonna get.
3: It plopped in Japan also,
1: right? Yeah, it it, it bombed in Japan, um, and I was just like, you know what, let's just who knows when it's gonna come out here, and and I I I hate to say this, but I'm sure some people listening. I mean, Shin Ultraman at this point is very easy to see. It's all over the internet. I'm sure some people listening are like, well, you know, when are you guys going to do Shin Ultraman? And it was like, well, my preferable experience with that movie would be seeing it theatrically. But I, I got to admit, guys, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, in the next few months, I mean, it, I, I don't know. Me and Matt just, might just say, screw it. And
0: I am expecting, I don't know, maybe I'm naive, I'm expecting Shin Ultraman to get some kind of release just because all this Ultraman stuff has been getting released.
3: Yeah. So what I will say is, Bird, if you will recall, uh, you and I covered the original Great Yokai War for Kaiju Conline. Yep. And then a couple months later, the sequel was announced. (laughs) Yeah. And then I (laughs) wrote about the pop culture legacy of Daimajin for the Arrow set. And then a couple months after that, the... uh, Revival of Daimajin for this movie. (laughs) Yeah, so I predict, by nature of us covering it in this podcast, we will trigger some change (laughs) of of status quo to come out very shortly after this is released.
1: (laughs) I know. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that that's happened to, to us a few times. Yeah, it'll be like, oh, like you know. Criterion has <laughs> Great Yokai War Guardians or something. Um, but yeah, that's a good reminder. Um, we did a KT Halloween special where we talked about all four of the previous uh, Katakawa Yokai movies, and then uh, Kevin and I did a very in-depth retrospective of the first uh, Mike Yokai film for Kyle Young's Kaiju line. So if you want to brush up on your yokai, check out those two things and come back. Um so uh yeah, this this movie um it, it's one of those things it, it did indeed flop in Japan, and I, I think it's one of those things where um just to I guess refresh people's memories, the first one that Mike did in uh it was 2005, right? Yeah, it was a big hit, um, critically and financially. Got um, a U.S. release with uh, fairly quickly, I, I think, because I found I bought like a bootleg of it at like uh, a convention, like I don't even think it was that long after it probably came out on video in Japan, and then like immediately. God damn it, Kevin! Even before I knew you, this was happening. Almost immediately <laughs> after I bought that bootleg at that convention, it was like uh, it was just like a local comic convention too. It wasn't even like a crazy weeb convention or anything. Like right after that, Media Blasters was like, "Here's this cool special edition with two discs and everything." Um, and then uh, that made enough that made them be like, "Okay, let's do Gamma next." And then that. Gamma the Brave, sadly, bombed horribly, um, and they were—they uh, had hired Takashi Mike to make the—you know—the next—the next one they were going to make was Daimajin. They were going through all these old Tokusatsu properties. Gamma the Brave gave them cold feet. Mike's Daimajin movie got canned, and then they did uh, the Daimajin Canon series for TV. Um, instead, and I don't think that lit up the world. I haven't even seen it, and I'm like, you know, I, I love the Diamond Jean stuff. Um, I'll get to it one day, but that's a, that's a story for another time, I guess.
3: It's very different.
1: Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I do think some of that might have added some baggage to whatever people might have been expecting with this, because you know, I think Mika probably got. Got the gig and just thought, like, oh, I never got to make a Daimajin movie, but, you know, I like that character. It might be fun to just have him have, like, a guest appearance in this. Similar to, um, uh, Kato, uh, being, like, the villain in the first movie. Like, Daimajin is, like, a thing from another pop culture thing that's just, like, like I said, it's a guest appearance. Um... Anyway, yeah, I, I think it was just a case where they they decided to do a sequel just too far after the fact, and no one cared anymore. It was like when they made that sequel to 300 here, and it was like, I don't know, like eight years or something after the first one, and everyone was just like over it. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, I'm glad they did, because I'm glad this movie exists um so it wasn't there was a sequel to orphan this year there was that's true
0: that's that's a similar scenario too you're like wait what
1: <laughs> yeah
0: like okay i would have understood if you did that in the first two to three years
1: yeah yeah it's and i think it's just katakawa has been weird um you know they they've They've wanted to do more Tokusatsu stuff, but then they've like kind of always just gotten cold feet. Like that's, from what I understand, that's kind of what their thing with Gamera is. Like every time they feel like they're ready to pull the trigger, there's something that happens that gives them cold feet, and they're like, eh, maybe not. Um, so I don't know. I, I I don't know that this movie bombing helped our uh, our turtle friend. Um, n- if the next Godzilla movie does, n- I'm talking about Yamazaki's, not the MonsterVerse stuff, because they, they don't seem to care about that over there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, if the next, if the Yamazaki movie does well, I don't know, maybe there's a chance for Gamera. Well, we don't know, but, yeah. um. Let him stay retired. Yeah, I, th- that's what I was, I was thinking that, I was thinking about, um, you know, uh, like. Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, and, you know, it seems like every day someone's like, when are we going to get the new, a new one? And it's <laughs> like, if, you know, would it be the worst if there wasn't another one? I mean, you know, nothing's got to last forever. Um, there's plenty of Gamera movies I can watch whenever I want. Uh anyway, yeah, he would get we're would, not here would, to
0: talk about camera. Yeah, we're not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um so uh Great Yokai War Guardians um uh I guess I guess uh do we have any volunteers for a plot synopsis? I can do it if no one wants wants to. I just feel like I've been talking too much.
0: This is a pretty straightforward one. I mean, in terms of just a basic uh Sort of synopsis yeah. slash general out. setup.
1: General setup isn't much different from the last yeah. great from Spook Warfare or uh,
0: the other great. Yoko. So you got you got uh, the movie starts with a your your setup of like the main conflict, which is the spirits of fossilized sea life. That uh, lived in the you know prehistoric era in a trench that sort of uh, was uh, was was part of the ocean that separated two islands that as they as this trench slowly filled up with schmutz, um, <laughs> became. The whole island of Japan. These, uh, these, this sea life is tired of, of having its spirits dwelling on dry land. It wants to return to the sea. So they all amalgamate and create a giant yokaiju. It's a yokai that is kaiju sized, and they start trekking across Japan, creating destruction in their wake. It looks like a giant seashell rolling like a not a not like a seashell, well like a seashell. Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it.
1: It has like a human head.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just rolling on its side across Japan. Meanwhile, two brothers, what are they like K and Dai? Yeah. Yeah. Um and I think <clears throat> K is the older one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're just trying to pick up the pieces of their life after their father has recently passed away, and Kay is coming to grips with him being, like, the man of the family now at seven years old. <laughs> and, um, you know, they're just out doing kids' stuff and playing kids' games, and they go to this, like, shrine or something and do, like a like, a dumb kids' challenge of, like, go to the shrine and We'll all draw lots, and if you draw the red one, it means that you're, like, cursed or whatever. And K draws the red one, and he's all scared, but Dai follows behind and picks it up after him, and they don't really think anything super of it, but then that night, K is visited by a bunch of yokai that are like, oh, you're the, um, you're the ancestor of a great man who once fought in a great yokai battle. Um, and you're like destined to help us. And they fill him in on what's going on. That happened, uh, you know, to leave the Japanese yokai with no allies because Frankenstein and Dracula were like, (laughs) that ain't our problem. And, that happens in the movie. That's awesome. And they're wearing they're um,
1: uh, <laughs> they're wearing earpieces.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like a UN. There's like a UN meeting of the yokai where they're like translating through the earpieces for each
3: other. It's great.
1: Pennywise is um, there too.
3: <laughs> and, Med- and Medusa.
1: Yeah, and the Harry House yeah. Cyclops is <laughs> there
3: <laughs> also. It's it's loaded. You know, just freeze framing that that world. Yeah, the mummies yeah. there.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. It's all, got all kinds of crap. Little man. Yep. Yeah.
3: And so, like, the, the
0: Japanese yokai's plan is to wake up Daimajin and have him fight the yokaiju. And in order to wake up Daimajin, a brave warrior has to be willing to sacrifice his soul. Um, it, it reminds me of, um, you know what that reminded me of? Was, like, uh, the, the Godzilla versus not Daimajin. Oh, the comic book, Com- yeah. What
3: was it, Kevin? Dojin.
0: Yes, um, it reminded me of that. Like you have to sacrifice your soul to wake up the the spirit or whatever to make the statue come alive, and um, due to a happenstance thing, Dai, the younger of the two, ends up kind of being taken away by the yokai to, he thinks just go meet Daimajin, but it's really to be sacrificed to Daimajin to wake him up to fight the yokai Jew. And K then is charged with, well, he, he's like disappointed and, you know, wants to get his brother back. And so he has to go on a journey to, through the world of the yokai to get back to his brother and then once they reunite they still have to deal with the yokaiju and uh daimajin and that's sort of that's like your basic thrust of things. Yeah. Um the, without the getting without getting into all the the plot intricacies and spoilers yeah, so yeah. along we'll, the way. Yeah,
1: we'll we're, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the dad um is played the dad and then also in the flashback scenes that show like the warrior uh descendant um both of those roles are played by Kazuki Kitamura who was the um the Planet X alien leader in Final Wars and he's in um The Raid 2 and I don't know he mean, I mean he's in a lot of stuff but these uh folks listening know him as um the guy from Final Wars
0: He's a fun screen presence whenever he's around.
1: Yeah. Um uh, yeah, there's this movie has a lot of uh kind of themes about, I guess um uh you know,
0: brotherhood, the brotherhood and, and
1: yeah, family, uh, I guess uh responsibility, um the big one and the one that I think is like I said, this this hasn't gotten a like a official release in the u.s so it's still not seen by very many people but so far the one that i think isn't jiving with western audiences the big one um is pacifism um that's that's one of the big points (laughs) of the movie which are probably inspired by uh shigeru mizuki who the created giga no Kitaro and We've talked about him on our previous yokai things about, you know, being the guy who like his stories kind of um are what brought yokai into pop culture. Um but yeah, he was just extremely anti-war and anti-fighting and all this. Um and I think this holds on to those themes pretty preciously in ways that I I I can see where whether people might realize it or not, I think that's one of the harder pills that people have been trying to swallow with this movie. And we'll, you know, as we get into more spoilery stuff, we'll maybe yeah. talk about why. Um, some but, of
3: the finer uh, points are kind of a little uh, different from, you know, the way that Mizuki would do things, but I think overall they're trying to, to honor him, and, you know, they put in little Easter eggs here and there. Mm -hmm. It's from Kitaro.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah. Um, wasn't directly involved. Like he was in the previous movie.
1: Yeah. Dead. (laughs) But yeah, he, he was involved in the previous one and he had that cameo at the end that said, what war only makes you hungry or something, you know, just right there, you know, right there is, you know, him saying like war doesn't do any, anyone any good. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I kind of want to, um, I guess, hear from the room a little bit. Now, uh, those of you who listened to our original retrospective on the Yokai series, um, it, uh, it got, a little, got a little hot, got a little heated. Because um, <laughs> that's a movie that Tom and I and, of course, uh, Kevin, because me and Kevin did the, the, uh, the panel for Kaiju Conline... Every the three of us really adore and hold that first movie quite dear. Uh, it didn't really jive with uh, Mister Matthew here, um, so I guess Matt, I would kind of like to hear from you first. Just um, I guess, just you know, did you feel different about this one? Is, is are there things that you liked more, liked less, like just overall? I mean, how how do you feel about? Not only this, but in comparison to how you felt about the other one. Yeah, I enjoyed this one more.
2: Um, I, so I really appreciate the coming-of-age story with the children. I think um, both kids honestly give a really excellent, heartfelt performance.
1: They're young, and too.
2: They're yeah, like, like, but they were...
1: Yeah, Mika th- seems to work with them. young
2: actors really
3: well he does I the, the main actor um previously in a show called Tokusatsu Gagaga Ga Ga, and he he nails it in that also so um look out for this uh,
2: Kokoro Terada the, the there's something about their relationship that just feels like super believable and i mean I, I don't know i have a brother so like for me it was just really easy to relate to that because are you a younger brother sort of, i'm an older brother okay. but like this this idea of them kind of giving each other a hard time and But brothers looking out for each other, no matter what, there's like this bond that they have and they share. And so like, I really did appreciate that. Um, The other thing is, I think they do a really good, there's just so many yokai in this. They're everywhere. And I don't know why, but like, I just had a lot more fun kind of watching all the different creatures and and things around. Um, What I would say a bit on the negative side for me would be And this could be, we've talked about this a little bit um, kind of before we came on the show, but maybe it was the subtitles. There were some things that within the story itself didn't feel fleshed out. Um, There's a couple of different elements that they talk about in the subtitles that they don't ever revisit during the course of the actual plot of the movie. And that felt kind of frustrating because um, it felt like the movie was building to something happening and then you never have that resolution. And so that piece really did frustrate me because overall I really like I liked everything else, but the narrative and the storytelling felt like it was missing or lacking something, but this was a fan sub movie. It's entirely possible that maybe it was because some of the subtitles were just a bit wonky. but my initial thoughts are, are on the positive
1: side. okay. I have something I want to say about that, but let's let's hear from the rest of these guys. Um, Tom, what about you?
0: Yeah, I uh, I I love the Great Yokai War. I really, really liked this. I think uh, just to boil it down, I mean, I came away just very positive overall. I I don't know why. I don't know if it was maybe something just Kevin had said about how this was this this bombed. Um, maybe that was it. I thought maybe. He had seen it and said it wasn't that
1: good, but I, I feel like Kevin was overall favorable, just not over the moon like you know he is about the other one. Yeah, because Kevin, you saw it at a festival, right?
3: Yeah, I you saw it it before any of us. Yeah, so I, I mean, I can I can elaborate a little bit like on a few of the the things like what I saw was not a fan sub; it was a. Translated by Norman England in the credits thing. Um, so, uh, it what what Matt is talking about is absolutely right. But uh, you know, I'll I'll let Tom continue and then I can give my my thoughts because they haven't changed a whole lot since last year when it played in the theaters here in New York.
0: So so the, this this I think was one of those cases to to an extent for sure where I had my expectations pretty well lowered. Between hearing it bombed and then Kevin at least, I think, saying something like, oh, I can understand why this did not do well or something like that, where I think I went into this thinking like, "Eh, I know it's not going to be as good, you know? And then I came out being like, oh, that was really, like, I don't know, better than I expected, very enjoyable. I really, really liked it. Um, I think ultimately it's not as it's not as good of a story but in some ways it feels and it might just be because of advancements in technology but it like feels like a more polished and better made movie um when you go back and rewatch that that film from 2005 the effects especially the cg like really mm-hmm. really do not hold up well at all and i think this like looked better um it felt more tactile i feel like there was a lot more cgi practical hybrid stuff going on and so i just came away like really positive overall with some major reservations i mean the story is not as good but um i really liked it and i feel like this is a really good uh, it, it's it's almost serendipitous that we just recently recorded a bunch of episodes, or not a bunch of episodes, but we recorded a, a an episode about the uh, the haunted school franchise and talking about that being a sort of gateway horror series. I feel like this and the original Great Yokai War are like gateway kaiju things, mm-hmm. like this 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 would play really well i would think to a six to twelve year old room of japanese kids and i liked it
1: okay awesome kevin where uh where do you stand
3: uh so i you know as as you know really like the uh the 2005 movie and i feel like there's a lot that is going on in the 2005 movie that's kind of not as represented here. And that, because it's 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 that comparison getting made, I feel like it comes up a little bit short. You know, like 2005, it has the whole plot about, you know, children grow up and they can no longer see the yokai. And then that kind of uh, melancholy to it is something that's not present in this movie. Uh, similarly, you know, the, the themes of, you know, technology versus... Mm-hmm. Versus nature, uh, I, I feel like the uh, another big strength of the uh, of the previous movie is the antagonists. Um, just that there's several of them and they are quite quite varied. I, I love Yasushi Nis- Nirasawa's like designs for the monsters, and obviously he can't be involved because he also died with the new movie. But um, just uh, a few things like that. I, I came in. To the to the new one and feeling like oh this is a little this is a little bit more um maybe maybe like what people don't like about jellyfish eyes <laughs> in terms of you know it's not it's not heavy gut punches as as much uh coming into it so I can understand why some people might have been like oh, this is this feels fluffier than than the other film uh, i I agree with what you were saying in terms of We don't have a big climatic battle, battle like finale that uh, that a lot of people would expect. Also, and that could that could feel like a a letdown, especially with some things that felt like they were getting set up early in the film, just kind of feel like they evaporate. So, um, that all said, uh, like I feel like I prefer the 2005 film to this film, but uh, you know, I'm still net positive on this one.
1: Okay. All very fair, uh, and I, I like that we all seem to kind of have a little bit of a spectrum of, of thoughts here. Um, th- so uh, with, with the yokaiju stuff, there is um, several lines of dialogue that mention that if he crosses a certain point in Japan, he will break a barrier, and if that barrier gets broken something bad will happen. That's what is known um, from the subtitles. Now, where things get a little bit more difficult is figuring out what will happen. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, we don't want to anger it or wake it up or things like that. Now, my understanding um, and, and because, because this is really stuff that's only mentioned a couple times. It's not like the main threat is just like you need to stop the okaiju It's going to cut japan in half like you just got to get them to go away but they do bring up this 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 uh uh border that can't be broken and my understanding based on like a line of dialogue or whatever was that if if that barrier was broken um like uh these Spirits will come into the human world and cause some kind of destruction. And so, while we were like kind of talking about these subtitles, I, I pulled up a bunch of reviews from you know the festival screenings and stuff. And and there there it was mentioned that um, under in in a few of these reviews, it was mentioned that um, the the thing that we were talking about is underneath Japan. There's like evil demons that will you know merge into our world and cause some kind of havoc. Um regardless it doesn't happen because they stop the yokaiju anyway. So I mean it's it's really just kind of I I understand where Matt is coming from, where Kevin's coming from in the whole if it's not going to happen anyway, why even bring it up? It's a valid criticism. I really do think so. I think the idea was the movie was really just trying to add more stakes to everything. Um, Yeah. Whether it works the best or not is up for everyone to decide on their own. But I, I think that... I guess what I'm trying to say is it... It... It can be removed easily, but that's why it's there. And... But at the end of the day, it almost doesn't matter because I don't think it's really the point. That's my opinion.
0: uh, It's like one of those things where, you know, they they say, and they say this pretty explicitly, that as the creature goes across Japan, if it gets from one end to the other, it'll break Japan in half. And to me, that feels like that's enough of a reason (laughs) to, like, stop it. (laughs) But all of the yokai, like the worldwide yokai, are like, we don't care if Japan breaks in half. And so someone in the process of writing this movie, rather than just be like, oh, the have, the, have someone make an impassioned plea to make the yokai care um, that Japan will break in half and just have them all be convinced, instead they were like, well if they don't care that Japan gets broken in half, what could we introduce that would make them care? Oh, what about this mythical barrier that is happens to be right under Tokyo, that if that gets broken, it's not just Japan that breaks in half, it's the whole world that gets destroyed. And if the human world gets destroyed completely, it does actually affect Yeah, because they
1: do say it's something that would threat all of humanity, right? That is there. So, so rather than just like take a much simpler route
0: of like uh, make someone say that it matters if you know millions of Japanese people die, and have someone be like, "Oh yeah, that makes sense." (laughs) <laughs> they have to be like the whole world will be destroyed, and then and then that gets them to be like, well, we have to do something then.
1: Yeah. There's that, and then there's there's a couple things that I think just one more solid pass at the script would have probably tightened up a little bit. That's one. The other one is there's another subplot that is kind of um so you have the yokai, right? And then you have basically in the movie they call them Oni. Although I think Kevin, like, isn't traditionally Oni are more like demons than yokai, right?
3: Well, yokai can be a very broad umbrella term. Like, a lot of things could be yokai. So you could lump Oni in as a type of yokai.
1: Okay. Because there's this kind of civil war between the yokai and Oni, who are more. Uh, like vicious they're they're more angry they're led by this one oni on a motorcycle and he has uh uh like a a tribe of like hundreds of tanuki that follow him everywhere (laughs) Best (laughs) part of the movie um (laughs) uh and but he's all like yeah like let it destroy japan let it destroy humanity like why do we care and And, and so there's, there's a subplot involving the, those two, he's basically like the pro-war yokai, and then the, you know, our regular protagonist yokai are, you know, your typical good guys. And there's like the, 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 this kind of subplot about their, like, I guess, philosophical differences and, um... I subtextually I get why it's there because like again this is a movie about pacifism and it's one of the, it's just one of those things that I think another pass at the script you could have integrated and woven a little bit more of that in in a way that's a little more meaningful. So so there's a there's a couple subplots that I think could have been tightened yeah, up. Yeah, does the does the plot with the fox girl ever get like resolved? Well, she ends, she basically ends up helping the kids because Yeah,
0: but when okay, so there's there's this whole other subplot about subplots. We're talking about like subplots, but this is really just part of the adventure is as Kay is going through the yokai world, he comes across a type of yokai who you can't believe everything he says
1: is the opposite. Yeah, he's best friends with a cell phone that knows everything a flip phone that knows everything. <laughs> he's awesome. Yes.
0: But <laughs> while he's going on this adventure and he meets this guy, uh he's also helped along the way by a, a fox girl, Yokai. And <laughs> Kay calls her, I don't know, Fox Lady or something. I can't remember anymore. Um and then he calls the the cell phone guy, like, whatever his yokai name is, and the guy's like, that's not my name, that's not my name. And then later, when they're fighting, the fox girl has, like, no powers, and the the cell phone guy is like, it's because when he named you, you took on a human name, and if you take on a human name as a yokai, you lose your yokai powers. Does that ever get a resolution?
1: Well, sort of. Be, well, it's her. Her powers are weakening, so she still has them, but she ends up sac- She ends up using all of her powers to sacrifice herself.
2: Like she, she powers up his sword, basically. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: that's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Um, and then uh, the uh, the the, and then the that that's how they like get out of that tunnel and um, like back up to like. That basically, that's like how they get out of there, so he can find his brother and stuff. Um, but yeah, a, a couple of those subplots I think could just be tidied up a little bit better, um, and you'd probably have something probably on par with the first one. Uh, that being said, I do, I really like this movie, and I I really wasn't sure what to expect because you know Kevin was overall favorable, but he was also kind of like, eh, you know, it's okay, and then. Um, and, uh, I watched it and I was really just kind of, there, there were some things about it that really just, like, floored me. Um, I guess I'll say, uh, I just, my thing is that I was really impressed with is probably, and I'm not just saying this to sound like a contrarian or whatever, it's probably the thing that is... Upsetting most of the fans here in the West, and it is the climax. Um, so basically, at the end, you know the yokaiju like is is basically like winning. You could say you know Daimajin is is scared of this thing. It's the first time we ever see him scared, and he does his little hand across the face thing, and you see, like, his scared face. <laughs>
0: um, He's like an emoji scared
1: face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Um, and... uh And, uh... The... the instead of... And, and the yokai just, uh... kind of all come together to sing to... The monster uh, which kind of gets it to calm down and you know the and the song they do is a a song that's kind of i don't know i i guess more or so celebrating this creature as you know this ocean deity, and that that causes it to kind of let go of all of its hatred and that makes it kind of dissipate. And and you know, return to where where it it wants to be. And Japan is saved. The world's saved. Everyone's happy. Um, and so there isn't a big climactic fight. And and like I like I said, one of the big themes of this movie is pacifism. And that's not really not something you see in anything that we're used to seeing, like you know in this genre even it's all about who's the bigger monster the most powerful monster who can kill who easily and it's all who can beat up who who can kill who who can who would win a fight in this movie the whole point is like fighting is dumb we shouldn't fight each other um there's the scene where um uh the flip phone guy you know he it turns out that he was basically a mole for the oni and he he like Basically, snitches on the kid and the fox girl and the Oni come and they're like, "We're gonna kill you now!" And then, um, you know, the the kid is like, I, "I'm not gonna fight you because you're friends of my friend, even though my friend just backstabbed me. You're his; he he's still someone that I care about, and you're friends with him, so I don't want to fight you." Um, and then again, like when there's that. Uh, Uh, avalanche and and he's buried underneath the rocks and they're like you know why are you trying to save him like this guy tried to kill you and he's like but he's my friend you don't understand like I can't just let him die you don't see stuff like that in a lot of western movies or I I mean maybe it's just because I'm not Japanese and so I'm not going to the Japanese movie theaters every week I, you don't see that in a, really a lot of media that I'm familiar with, and um, I, I think that that's a really interesting and brave choice for a movie like this to make. And is, is that you know any other movie like someone who's a, a spy and a double agent? You know that's immediately going to cause the hero to want to kill them to fight. And this is like, no, this guy was my friend and he helped me and you know he did me wrong, but I still like I don't want to fight him. Like and and, right. and and that's that's what comes across in the ending as well with the Yokaiju is just like Yeah, you're pissed off, maybe even for good reason, but like you're also and, and you're like but you're also this like incredible ocean deity. Like and so for for so when I look at you know some of the the English language reviews that are like, you know they got us all amped up for this big fight scene, and you know, I wanted to see Daimajin like go in, in this huge epic battle with the Yokaiju, and you know why wasn't there this big fight at the end? It's like, congratulations, you walked face first into the point. <laughs> um I don't know, but i and, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. I don't know if you guys feel like. That's something that worked for you if, if you're one of the people that you know that that part of the climax doesn't work for you like okay I get it. It, it the movie didn't give you what you what you wanted I get it it's valid it's fair but for me I was just like for the solution in like a big like apocalyptic genre movie to be like we shouldn't even be fighting and fighting is bad like I don't know. There was, there. It, I don't know if it's just I watched this movie the first time I watched it. If I watched it at the right time, I mean, this isn't the kind of that's not the kind of solution you're going to get in a lot of stuff. And in me being, you know, I mean, you know, no Marvel movie is going to end like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I, so I don't know. It's something I appreciated, and I and I really liked the theme of Japanese pacifism being tackled in, in, in a movie like this with the pedigree that it has, you know, when, you know what, even Godzilla movies, you know, it's all just, you know, who can kill who. And I like, that's fun and everything, but this was a really nice kind of different thing that I haven't seen really done before in something like this. And I don't know, I, I just thought that was a really cool swing and, you know, I mean, it's 2022, the idea of pacifism is not necessarily cool right now, anywhere in the world, so I, ju- I just, I don't know, it really kind of, kind of, like, I don't know, it touched me, in a, in a way, I don't know, how do you guys feel about that?
3: I I feel uh, like I, I, I've seen it more than you have, and maybe it's, you know, I just he, watch more media. Yeah, you absolutely have. small <laughs> children, so... <laughs> Uh, I think about like Steven Universe hmm. or Avatar: The Last Airbender or things like that, where you have that kind of very pacifist main character who's like, "No, I'm I'm just going to save everybody, and that's that's how it's going to go." So,
1: especially uh, I've been watching all this Mill Creek Ultraman Blu-rays, and that's like the Ultraman would never opposite. do this. <laughs> <It's just> like <laughs> this is this is very you true. dare to exist, I will rip your eyes out and <laughs> ride you around like a horse. Yeah.
3: <laughs> but people responded very poorly to. Ultraman cosmos, cosmos this yeah. idea like, oh uh, you can you can be friends with the monsters sometimes.
0: Yeah, I find it charmingly innocent. That's is a good it, way to put it. Is how I would say it. Like I, I yes. You you can absolutely and you make a very, very good point with it being like brave and you know, having a good pacifistic message, but like I Just was, I was like, just enjoying the movie so much and wasn't reading into it that I was like, oh, this is like so charmingly innocent that, you know, this guy tried to stab him in the back and he's like, no, he's my friend. Like, that is just, that's like the innocence of a child. And that's where I thought, oh, this absolutely would play well to like a room full of children because kids would be like, oh, no, my, like, my daughter came home today uh, from playing with a friend and being like, she was mean to me. And she came home like crying and being like, every time I wanted to play, she just ran into a different room. And then, and you know, as an adult, if you were hanging out with someone and every time you went to go talk to them, they just went into a different room. You'd be like, Fuck, I'm, I'm done with you, <laughs> you know, but like, they're probably going to play tomorrow, yeah. you know, cause they're kids and that's how kids are. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I just it's like it plays really well to its target audience because kids get that, and kids are like that.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. Um, But, yeah, it's, you know, people that are like, I didn't get, you know, this huge bloodbath, this battle at the end. It's like, well, the movie's telling you, like, maybe you shouldn't always get that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. My other favorite complaint is like the the where Die Imagine Oh people. you you read like, my
1: mind there. Um, have you
0: seen a Die Imagine movie?
2: <laughs> like, yeah. He's he's in like the last 5 minutes of every one of the movies and <laughs>
1: <that's> Yeah. <it. laughs> you guys watched this more recently, but me and Kevin have been sharing those uh in our in our in our own message thread for a, a little a little longer cuz they've been around since this movie came out. Um I'm a little confused by it. I, I, okay. I think he's in this quite a bit, actually. Honestly, screen time-wise, he's in this probably as much as, maybe even more than some of his own films. Um, but yeah, I, I don't man, Kevin and, he and I... he does have, more. Yeah.
0: <laughs> when has ever ever uh, busted out his sword and sliced through a kaiju 10 times his size
2: in <laughs> in any of his own movies you don't see him ride a
3: dragon into battle <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: he usually just like I, wait he usually just like wakes up walks into town crucifies some guy and like goes back to sleep
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i yeah kevin and i have been back and forth sharing some very interesting comments we've we've run into like uh one of them was like i bought this for Daimajin, but he's barely in it you know uh a waste of my money um (laughs) i'm
0: sorry that you bought the yokai movie for the character who's (laughs) not the title character that's like that's like I bought Skull Island for Godzilla, and he's barely in it. Yeah, no, no
1: shit. Yeah, he's a guest star. It's it's like um, when you, yeah, no one went and saw Spider Man Homecoming. Like I'm gonna go watch the new Iron Man movie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and yeah, like I, the, the it's it's usually worded as like, you know, Daimajin was brought back for this and he's barely in it or um there was another one that uh a letterboxd review said if you're going to bring dimegene back just to do this you should just quit filmmaking like <laughs> yeah. like you're going to say that about any I mean anyone but Takashi Mike excuse me <laughs> because it's not a dimegene movie if it was it would be very different it probably would not be very suitable for children. Um, I am pretty confused by it. Um, I don't
2: know. This is—I think it's a case where, like, people have a the wrong expectations going in, but B, just idiot fans being idiot fans, where they want something that. The movie had no intention of ever being able to fulfill. And by the way, Diamond Jin is freaking awesome in this. So I yeah. don't. I don't know what there is to complain about.
3: <laughs> we we don't have a we don't have a a, a sofa bee of that version yet. That's what I have to complain about. Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> I, I, it'll it, it's it's one of it's those getting things.
0: Mad about stuff that was never promised to you.
1: Yeah, it, it wasn't. That's not how the trailers came across. It's not how. It was the movie, you know. It's not called Daimajin versus Yokai, you, you know, Yokai War or something like. Just chill, yeah. people, and well, maybe he, go back he, and he, rewatch the original Daimajin movies because, like, he is—he's barely in them. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, those movies are great. I love them, but yeah, he's—he's he's, he's essentially a Deus es Machina in all three. He's not like. Yeah. That's never been the point of that character. And I I didn't watch the TV show. I heard mixed things about the TV show. But one thing I did hear was like, oh, he doesn't even show up till like the episode seven out of the ten or whatever. And it's like, well, that's kind of his thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like
2: he's also the main one of the main thrusts of this entire movie, like the entire plot revolves around them. Trying to basically get him to come to battle.
1: Yeah, he's so he like, still
2: plays like a, a pivotal role in the movie. It's not like they just forget about him.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, Kevin. I want to <laughs> ask you, and I believe I have asked you this, and I just forgot the answer. But uh, he's referred to as Lord Bujin in this. Is that something that you can, like, what is up with that, basically?
3: Uh- yeah, yeah, Bujin, like, like War God. It's it's the same in Daimajin Kanan, but if you pay attention to the Daimajin movies, he's never called Daimajin in any of the movies. He's always called something different.
1: Yeah, so. that's kind of like... That's just kind of like the branding of the character. So, like, the subtitles will even say that, but uh, I know I know in the actual Japanese dialogue, he has... He's gone by a few names, actually. Yeah, like Arakatsuma and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Just like a minor... That's just like a question I had, I guess. I, I, I did know that he was called that in the TV show, though, as well. Um, anyway, yeah, so I don't know what's going on with Daimajin fans. I, I... I... I I don't know. Check yourself. Do you
3: think Amano Jaku fans were like, oh, this this version sure is different from the one that we got in, like, Legend of the Overfiend? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, these Tengu aren't, like, the ones in Power Rangers <laughs> the movie. What the hell, people? Um, uh, okay, first of all, do you guys want to feel old?
2: I mean, I do. They do, they do. My back same? is hurt killing me today.
1: <laughs> um, so, uh, the actor named Kamiki... Re- oh, Jesus Christ. Kevin? <laughs> You're no escape Kamiki. There you go. Um... Who plays the teacher of the children in this movie? He played the little boy in the first Great Yokai War.
0: Oh. I have an existential I, I, crisis now. I don't.
1: I don't like that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't like that at all. <laughs> I mean, if you
3: consider that the amount of time that passed between. That and, and this one is the same as like the amount of time between the original Kick and and Metalder, like Please, yeah. please no more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> please, please stop. Um and an interesting thing that maybe if you watch the very end of this movie, which is him like basically drawing on like a chalkboard and he's he just kind of looks at the camera kind of disappointedly and goes, Oh well. If you're wondering what that was about, so in the credits, his the character name of the teacher is Kato. Um, so it is implied that he is uh, Yasunori Kato, the villain from the first movie. Um, that w- was probably maybe a little bit of sequel setup to something that we sadly, you know, because of the box office, won't get. Um, but uh, the, I I I love the idea that the villain from the first movie, like at the end of the first movie, they show he's still alive. But I lo- I, I this probably isn't where this would have gone. But I like the idea that he just like gave up and became a teacher, <laughs> and 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 he he and and he was just kind of secretly rooting for this yokaiju thing to go through because he's the bad guy. And at the end, he's just like, uh, oh, well, that's disappointing. But, well,
3: he's the one that introduces K to the whole like idea of the the Fossa magna,
2: yeah, and the, the displaced. Yeah, uh, he gives us the exposition of the yeah, movie.
1: and he even says stuff that's like a little weird. He's like, I can only imagine what uh all the all the, that misplaced sea life must have been thinking, like, take me back, take me back, or something. And it's just like, what's, what's this guys, what's this guy's problem? <laughs> but
3: um, and and you know, Kato's whole thing is destroying Japan. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of a fun twist because when you see this character, you think, oh, is this supposed to be like the kid from the original movie? Um, because, you know, it's the same actor and, you know, maybe you're like, but but he grew up to be country suitor or whatever. But, um, uh, then, then at the very end you get that, that cut back to him and you finally see his name because it's on that plate on his, uh, on his desk and you see like Mr. Kato's desk or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. On. And it it says it says like Mr. Cotto's rocks or something. Like yeah. he's got like some mm-hmm. rocks on his desk. I um, will say
0: billing this as
1: like a sequel. A little misleading, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, and especially like I I could even get more behind it as a as even like a spiritual sequel if you had the the resolution be similar like okay, one of my favorite things about the the 2005 movie is how the ultimate result. Like again, here's another another part where people are like, "Oh, this big anti climax." I'm like, "Did you watch the 2005 one? Where the resolution to the big climax <laughs> is that the dude who just washes beans dropped some of his <laughs> beans.
2: That guy's awesome." <laughs>
0: and and has to go and pick him up and like the villain like trips over him into the into the like <laughs> that was that was something I, I I don't know that I expected it to be him per se but I you know as a sequel I did kind of expect that character to maybe be, have a little bit bigger bigger of a role because I was thinking of this yeah. as a sequel. He's and there, I also but, expected you know, not
1: he's not he's not a prominent role yeah. like he is in the first one.
0: And I also expected again, just because I thought of this as a sequel, heading into it, there to be some sort of a, I'll say like Scooby Doo esque, you know, resolution of the plot of like, you know, oh the giant snake just has to trip over the boundary into the ocean, or you know, like yeah,
1: and the the kappa only has a cameo in this, which most like, yokai stuff has like a kappa pretty front and center. It's a pretty yeah. it's, it's an awesome cameo. He's trying to tell the yokaiju to make a U-turn <laughs> <laughs> and go into the sea of Japan instead. Yeah. Um, so I was expecting like an
0: anticlimax. It's a little bit of a different anticlimax than what I was expecting. Again, I was expecting it to be some sort of a weird dumb luck like I was expecting it to have something to do with like the flip phone or the the flip phone flip phone guy of like Oh, you saved this guy who was kind of a dirtbag, and it turns out that he has some sort of wisdom to impart, or that the yokaiju was like, "Oh, what's that?" And he's like, "Oh, this is my friend who tells me everything." And the yokaiju was like, "Oh, cool, I'll take that and just leave." Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I was expecting an anticlimax because I've seen the movie that it that, that's this movie's predecessor. <laughs> um, it just has a different anticlimax than what I was expecting.
1: Um yeah, it's a it's a good companion piece to the first one though. I and I, I like that I like that they tried to kind of go for different themes. Like this this one has more about um, you know, brotherhood and this one is has things about pacifism and, and the other one has more like um, you know, the way we treat nature and uh the way we treat our possessions and um so I, I think I think you could probably run these like as a double bill, and it would it would be pretty satisfying because um, they do kind of tackle different things instead of just trying to do the exact same thing over again. Um, I mean, no, it's it's a fun movie. I mean, I hope it comes out here, but um, you know. If podcasts were around in the 90s and we were doing them then like every Godzilla movie that came out we would be doing based on, you know, a fan-subbed bootleg. So, you know, this is one of those cases where we just went back to uh the primitive way, I guess.
3: It's still it's still the 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 Well, I mean, it's, a lot of stuff is still not even fan-subbed, but uh <laughs> the fan subs are are still a prominent uh, thing for a lot of titles, and it's, it's a shame that I think, you know, if I were say running a kaiju convention and I had the option to play movies in theaters, this would have been one of the ones I think would be uh, keen to uh, to license for a screening. So, hmm, yeah,
1: I wonder who should maybe do that. I don't know.
0: I wonder who that might be. Some veiled <laughs>
3: <laughs> criticism of. <laughs> Um, we've, we've got a few kaiju conventions now. So.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> All both of them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, it's a fun movie. Uh, what, what do you guys want to, um, uh, what do you guys want to say? Uh, you know, how many apathetic Draculas do you give this <laughs> out of five?
2: I feel like I'm going to come maybe down the, the lowest on so I'll go first. Um, so, I want to talk about the stuff I didn't like and that is I do think we we talked about the amount of subplots and I think for me those were detractors. There's also this bit of a lo- uh, bit of dialogue where um the guy leading the tanukis is having a conversation with one of the the yokai leaders and he's talking about how um whatever it is that we talked about earlier that is like the thing they're trying to prevent from being released is actually controlling pos- or possibly controlling the yokaiju coming to japan and then that kind of gets forgotten about. So like there's some things in the writing that just feel amiss and uh, to me uh, it's it's not great storytelling. Um however what I what I loved about it was the, the two kids. I mean they're just they're super charming, they're super innocent. There is a I think Tom hit it right on the like the nail on the head. It, there's a childlike innocence to their characters. And like the way that there's, you know, forgiveness and redemption and they're so quick to like, hey, this person just attacked me, but now I'm going to save his life and then they're going to become my friends. Like there's adults don't think that way. Kids yeah. do. Yep. But I wish the world would be a lot better if adults thought that way.
1: Yeah, we suck. So,
2: yeah. Um, so I'm going to come in at a, at a three. I think it's it's a recommendation. Like I, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, but most of my criticism around that too many subplots, the story's a bit cumbersome. But there is a lot to like here, and I can see why people would enjoy it more than I did.
1: Okay, Um, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to do a three and a half. I really enjoy it, though. Like it's it's tempting to move it up a little bit to a four, but yeah, I I just think you know you another pass at the script to tighten up um, a few of those subplots, and uh, it would it would easily be a four. But um, there's a lot to like. I like the the themes of brotherhood. I like the stuff about pacifism. I like the um um the just how just how well it represents children. Um you know uh it, the 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 kids in the, the, this movie feel very natural. Um and the yokai are just awesome as always and I mean that yokai summit scene it's like one of the best movie scenes <laughs> of the last like, <laughs> few years. So, it was pretty funny. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, so, uh, I'm going to go with a three and a half. It's a movie that I, I, I will gladly revisit and Hey, if someone wants to be cool and put it on a, a Blu-ray out here in, uh, the U S uh, I'll, I'll be happy to get it. Um, and I, I recommend people listening, check it out. Um, if you need help finding it, like I said, we're always here to help. But uh, I think people should check it out.
3: Uh, uh, interestingly, uh, just to say, say that we're not the only ones that seem to be confused on the on the Wikipedia page uh, for Great Yokai War Guardians in Japanese. One of the yokai that's listed is the the. Uh, mysterious existence that's fe- uh, sealed under the barrier in Tokyo um and the link to that goes to Daitarabochi which is the um like this this giant that you think the idea is like lakes are his footprints or whatever uh but then it says that in the novel version it's uh supposed to be Mishaguchi which is a god of uh type that has Different shrines So apparently it's not even consistent in the the different like material what what, what is supposed to be
1: sealed there. Alright. Well there's something that's threatening. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's one part in the subtitles where it says like he or him yep. or something like that. Yep. And that because of the way it's done initially when I was watching this, I was like, oh, it's gonna be the bad guy from the from the first movie. I thought that too. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off of everything Matt and Bird said and just say, yeah, there's some tightening of the script that could be done. But I had a blast. Um, I look forward to revisiting this. I would like to see it with slightly better subtitles and see if that helps out some of the stuff. I, I would say that... The, the fan sub is not bad. It just nah, could nah. be a little bit better. A little bit refined. We've seen so um, much worse. <laughs> yeah. Recently, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> nose, nose shit, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, I really like this. I had, a, I had a really good time watching it. And I'm at a three and a half. And I'm willing to say that'll most likely go up as I just rewatch this and kind of get more familiar with it and in lockstep with it and have my expectations kind of in check for, you know, the finale and things like that. But um we didn't even mention like the, the dragon that the yokaiju turns into at the end is really, really awesome too.
1: The skeleton dragon thing that, uh helps out the the kids is also pretty sweet
3: as a fight against the giant spider.
1: Yeah, th- there's yeah. a lot of cool monsters in this. But All right, Kevin, where are you at?
3: Yeah, uh I'm I'm right there uh with you in terms of um you know, I I know it sounds like I'm negative on it, but that's uh, j- again, just I really really like the 2005 movie. So, um, you know what I what I come down to is again, you know, about three and a half, um, somewhat emotionally masochistic Yuki Onas saying like, "Treat me colder."
1: <laughs> yeah, the the Yuki Ona, the snow woman, is like weirdly horny for the 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 one Oni guy, right?
3: That that was a very <laughs> meke touch. <I> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, check. I I think people should check it out, and um, I mean, Dimegine fans maybe rewatch those movies and watch <laughs> this. <laughs> um, Everyone maybe rewatch
0: one of those and the O five movie. Yeah, because
1: you're not getting a whole keep, lot different yeah, from to those. Keep you, to two keep you from acting a damn fool. That's what. Yeah. But yeah, as always, yokai are awesome. We're a very pro yokai uh, pod. Am I the only one that's watched uh, any of uh, Oni Thunder Gods on Netflix so far?
3: So far, but uh, it it will get watched. Okay,
1: there's four episodes. So anyone listening that might not know, it's like a stop motion animated like kids mini series on. Netflix it's got like uh George voices voices from like George Takei and Craig Robinson and um yeah I we've I've been watching it with the family so it's like very slow because it's like you know everyone has to be in the mood to watch it but uh we've we're, we've watched the first two and it's it's a pretty cool show and uh the stop motion animation and the <laughs> character designs are all pretty sweet um so yeah uh check that out too if anyone here uh as Netflix. Um, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was nice to get everyone together and finally do this. And uh, this was a fun movie to talk about, so it has our stamp of approval. Um, all right, we good to wrap up here. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs>